everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. And today we are continuing our reading of Kelly the Roman Warrior uh, by King Arthur II, one of my personal favorite bad fics that is uh, not actually all that bad. Uh, how, how would you describe it? Well, I, I keep thinking about that that thing that, uh, oh god, what's his face on YouTube? Uh, yeah, um, Mutant Museum? Formerly Man Without a Body. Yeah, all I could remember was that he used to be Man Without a Body, and I was like, no, that's his dead name. I can't say that <laughs> on the podcast. You can't say that. Um, anyway, <laughs> he listens to our podcast. You're gonna get in trouble. I'm so sorry. Anyway. I've already fucked it up. <laughs> We've just started the episode. Anyway. Uh, Man Without a Body, uh, or as he's now known, known as Mr. Morrison's uh, Mutant Museum, uh, was how I discovered this fic in the first place, and I am very attached to it. But the thing you were uh, referring to that he said was, uh, it's it's a wellspring of genuine uh, storytelling passion, albeit without much articulation, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because I think what really stands out about this one is that the storytelling is um, surprisingly, like, coherent, I guess, for a bad fic. Uh, like, I was kind of talking about this to you earlier, but when I was writing up the summary, and we'll get to that, um, it's like, oh, there's actually kind of a lot to cover here, and it's following um, many of the traditional beats of, like, a hero's journey narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Absolutely. It's, it's clear that this author um, has some understanding and appreciation of, um, like, classical storytelling, <laughs> which is just really funny to see here on fanfiction.net in a story like this one. Uh, there's something about it that's just very charming, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are covering the second half of the first part of Kelly the Roman Warrior, their their own individual fanfics on uh, King Arthur's fanfiction.net page. Um, so last week we covered chapter 1 to 7, and today we are covering chapter 8 to 14, and then we will move on to the second part, the second part of 3. Um, yeah, and that sounds like a lot of chapters, but they're all one paragraph long, so... Yeah, I mean, the paragraph is very long, because... <laughs> yes. I mean... He, it really he, should be several paragraphs, but it's not, so... He doesn't know how to use paragraph breaks, but you know what? Mm -hmm. That's fine. It's fine. Um, the grammar in this story is not very good, but it doesn't matter. What's important is that everyone is having fun. It's part of its charm. The The point of fanfiction.net is to have fun and be yourself, and no one, like, understands that like this guy. Yeah. I, I read chapter seven, so it is your turn to read chapter eight. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. You were on the odd number of chapters. Okay, um, but I have to read my summary first. Ah, forgot about Do you that. Remember, remember we have summaries? <laughs> yeah, I had forgot about, forgotten about that because we did dirty laundry for so long. And we right, were yeah, covering, it's been a long like, time. We were always covering just like the what we were doing for this week, but now we have a refresher. All right, go ahead. Right, right. Yeah, no, this was actually kind of funny for me to come back to too because I completely forgot that um, I always end up uh, noticing more things about the story when I'm writing up the summary. Like, mm -hmm. um, I might want to even mention a few of those things with you before we get into our reading for this week. But anyway, let me let me go through the summary. This is actually kind of long because we had a lot of ground to cover. But last week we read chapters one through seven of Kelly the Roman Warrior, set 2,000 years in the past, and this was first published in 2012, so that'd be the year 12 AD. The story follows protagonist Kelly Mariana Caesar Joensen as she embarks on a classic hero's journey to find slash rescue her missing father and also to defeat Godzilla. Kelly is 19, has long black hair, and wears gold and silver armor. She also has a sword. Her dad is the Caesar, 
so he's very rich and owns all the land for hundreds of miles. Kelly's mom is dead, having been killed in an invasion when Kelly was a baby. Kelly wants to fight in the war, but her dad forbids her, fearing that she'll also be killed. After Kelly's dad tells her he won't let her go to war, Kelly goes to bed resolving to find a way to go to war anyway. There turns out to be no need, as the next morning Kelly is woken up by the butler informing her that the house is on fire. When Kelly goes looking for her dad, he's nowhere to be found, and when she looks out the window, she sees Godzilla rampaging through Rome. Kelly quickly dons her armor, grabs her dad's magic sword and shield, as well as a bow and arrows, and then goes to the stables to meet her friend Elkis, who is a magic ghost deer, and speaks in ye olde English for some reason. <laughs> Kelly knows she isn't yet powerful enough to fight Godzilla, but as she and Elkis Elkis ride off in search of Kelly's dad, she vows she'll be back. That night, Kelly and Elkis stop by a small hut along the roadside and ask the little old lady who lives there if they can sleep there for the night. The old woman invites them in and addresses Kelly by name. She claims she's very wise and can see the past and the future and knows everything. Kelly asks for help finding her dad and the old woman agrees to help but says she'll need special ingredients for the spell. Um, and here are the ingredients. An ogre brain from the Cave of Skulls on Mount Terrible. A bag of gold dust from the mines in the desert to the west, a cup of blood from a vampire at Dracula's castle, and a rare plant from the jungles. Um, it's unclear if the specific plant matters. She gives Kelly a map, and Kelly and Elkis immediately hit the road again to head for Dracula's castle. Dracula's castle is to the north, so naturally the terrain becomes snowy woods as Kelly and Elkis continue to travel. Once they reach the mountains, they're attacked by a pack of snow wolves, which we're told are the most dangerous animal in the world. Kelly and Elkis both put up a fight, but the wolves keep coming, and it's clear this is a battle they can't win. One wolf pins down Kelly and is about to kill her when Dracula shows up and shoots the wolf with a crossbow. Kelly explains that she and Elkis were headed to his castle and ask him why he isn't there himself. In response, Dracula invites them back to his camp and explains that one day, while he was drinking blood in his castle with the other vampires, he heard a knock on the door and answered it to find Edward Cullen. Edward explained that he's also a vampire, and so Dracula let him in. But then Edward got the other vampires to read Twilight, and it made them into sparkly Twilight vampires and caused them to lose their normal vampire powers. Now Dracula is the only real vampire left. Kelly explains about needing a cup of vampire blood and offers to help Dracula with his Edward problem if he'll help her with her missing dad quest. He agrees and they head to the castle. They arrive to find Edward lounging on a throne made of skulls and bones and blood. When challenged to a fight, Edward uses the Twilight Book to summon the spirit of Stephanie Meyer. He and Dracula begin to sword fight while Kelly attempts to shoot down Meyer, but since she's a spirit, this doesn't work. Finally, Kelly slashes the Twilight Book with her sword, banishing the spirit of Meyer, and then rounds on Edward, who quickly turns into a bat and flies away. Dracula thanks her and gives her the promised cup of blood, then says he'll join her on her quest as he knows her father and considers him a good man. Next, they decide to go retrieve the Ogre Brain, which involves journeying through the Mountains of Terror. They reach the aforementioned Cave of Skulls and enter to find an ogre asleep, so they stun him and prepare to take his brain. But the ogre turns out to be Shrek, and he tells them that he's not evil like the other ogres, and they don't want his brain, it's small. Kelly agrees to spare Shrek if he'll help them find an alternative ogre brain. So Shrek gets his friends Doinky and Cat in Boots, who vouch for his non-evil nature, and they set out off in search of a different, eviler ogre. They quickly find one. It turns out Dracula's nemesis is an ogre named Bone Cruncher, and as soon as the two spot each other, it's on sight. Bone Cruncher has two guards who fight alongside him, but Kelly and the rest of her party are able to defeat all three with a little teamwork. Dracula retrieves Bone Cruncher's brain and puts it in a bag for safekeeping. Kelly, Elkis, Dracula, and Trek head off to the desert mines together, and that brings us to chapter eight. Um, but like going through that, you realize um, how this follows like traditional 
like beats of like a hero's journey type narrative, right? Yeah. Another thing I noticed was I had forgotten that all she says is you need to find a rare plant from the Genegals. And it's like, okay, <laughs> is it a specific plant or just find like any rare plant? Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, off the top of my head, I wasn't sure um, exactly what was going on in the year 12 AD. Like I'm not really a history guy. Um, and it's been a long time since I really thought about ancient Rome at all. Like, I think I last studied that in middle school. But I went and, like, kind of refreshed my memory a little bit. So this would have been the early Roman Empire. Um, this was when uh, Augustus was the Caesar. And he did have a daughter. Um, this is his only biological child. I don't think her name was uh, Kelly Mariana Caesar <laughs> Joensen, but that's yeah, a shame. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I've always had canon that Kelly's adopted. I don't know why, but... <laughs> That's great. But um, also, I the main reason I, I looked this up was I wanted to see, like, um, the war that's referenced that Kelly wants to fight in. Like, what war would that have been? And it's like, well, at the time, um, there was expansion into, like, what is now Germany happening. Um, but actually, the way it's talked about in the fanfic uh, with Kelly saying um, that, like, she always knew this day would come when uh, Godzilla shows up. I think they're actually at war with Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an alternate history. Uh, anyway, I thought that was all just worth uh, pointing out before we continue. Yeah. I We actually get more details on the war in the second part, but I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, just, you know, for the sake of historical accuracy. I mean, but King Arthur got the date right. Exactly, yeah. It's pretty just impressive. It's appropriate not like, time for there to be a Caesar, yeah. It's not like Emily H. where she says it was the 1600s, the time of the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, that one was a bit off. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter 8. The mines is closed. The desert mines were a long way from the scary mountains, so it took Kells and Dracula and Shirk many days to get there as well. They walkie back through Crepe Snow Forest and through grasslands and fields of farms, Eventual, they made it to a palace where it was Sunday, and Kelly said, Oh, look, the sand. This means we are at deserte now. Yes, agreed Arcola, and so then carried on to the sand. They, they could be on a beach. Like, I mean, sand isn't... It, if you see sand, that, that doesn't necessarily mean desert, but I mean, I guess she's got like a 50-50 chance. I really like how there are like, um discrete types of biomes in uh, whatever environment they're walking around in. Like, it doesn't really make sense as Italy, but if you're imagining this is like an RPG map, it makes total sense. It's like, okay, we have the snowy area in the north yeah. with, like, the woods. Yeah. And then we have, like, the, the like, uh, volcano hell level where, like, um, it's raining blood and it's all red. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> there's, like, caves of skulls. And now we're going uh, to the desert level. So if you just, like, stop thinking about it as um, Italy 2,000 years ago. Uh, it, it just makes much more sense. Well, how do you know that there wasn't a desert in Italy 2,000 years ago? You weren't there. <laughs> You're right, I wasn't there. Soon they saw a pyramid and then an ancient temple made from yellow stone and cravings on the walls. Yep, sounds like Rome to me. <laughs> oh, this is the ancient Egyptian level. <laughs> how far did they walk? <laughs> a bit. <laughs> I think they're lost. Yeah. <laughs> There was also a sin post, and it said, mine is this way, and there was another sign, and it said, mine closed. Oh no, cried Kelly. What will we do? We need to th get the gold dust for find my father. And then came a man in a gold mask with a scepter and a crown and a gold sword, and he said, hello, traveler. 
My name is Tutank Hanuman. Welcome to my desert. What can I do for you? Eh? <laughs> See Canadian? <laughs> what can I do for you, eh? <laughs> well, I'm... Um, so, King Arthur here is probably referring to uh, Tutankhamun. And the thing is, we're not actually sure how his name is meant to be, like, said or spelled. I mean, colloquially, it's always referred to as King Tut. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's never really... You you can't say that the name is spelled wrong in, in this fic, because we don't know. We're not sure. Right, he could have been Tutankhamun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's a Digimon, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> We were come for gold from mine, but it is closed. Now I am sad, mentioned Kelly. Yes, the mine was taken over by a fearsome monster. We couldn't caught defat it, not even my greatest warriors. If you kill the beast, I will let you have the gold. Okay, said Kelly. <laughs> that was cleared up quickly. And so they went to the sandy mine. It was a long tunnel filled of mine carts with skellions of old miner on the floor, and Kells got sacred. But Drekwal was not scared. Then they came to a camber, and inside it was Drac, and then a rumbling noise. It was the monster. I, I, I really like <laughs> them pointing out that she's scared sometimes, because it gives, like... I mean, she is only a 19-year-old girl, and she doesn't have any, like, previous, like, war experience or any, like, serious fighting experience, for all we know. She's, like, she's, like, a, a very young adult who is put into this... A situation where she needs to suddenly be the hero and it's like yeah she would be scared yeah i mean it does actually say that she got sacred but oh um... okay never mind then <laughs> but apart from that yeah i agree um but dracula was not scared yeah he wasn't scared. it's important that we know that <laughs> he's not scared of the dark <laughs> <laughs> he is a vampire so. he's a vampire so that makes sense <laughs> unless um unless it's like they're scared of minecart levels. Yeah. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> Which is kind of valid. Like, Yeah, that's totally valid. Like, that's really reasonable, so. Then they came to a camber, and inside it was Drac, and then a rumbling noise. It was the monster. It was 200 feet tall, even talker than a house or a mountain. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Those what are uh, two very different sizes. Also, how does it fit inside the mine? This mine is humongous. <laughs> 200 feet tall, yes, that is taller than a house. Um, That's not taller than a mountain. That's like a hill. I mean, it's it's like a little kid describing something like, oh, so big, it was 200 feet tall, even taller than a house or or a mountain. Like trying yeah. to like, make something like... <laughs> It, it's just like, it's very, it's very charming with the, the writing style. Yeah, yeah. It was on fire and had flamey wings and claws on fire and it was massive. I am Balkrog, it roared. Mine belongs to me. And then Dracucala said, Stand aside, flowish Batrog. We have come to get back the mines for Tuiktekhamen them. He is the real owner, not you. Wrong, screamed Blackrog. And he roared. And it began to rain fire from the Kaeling, and fire eruption from walls and floor and spikes of fire came down, and the whole camber set off fire as Kells and Dracula tried to do the dogged Balkrog began to swung fiery blade of flames on fire, 
and it swepted over the floor to you Kelly. You know, I'm starting to think that um he might be on fire. <laughs> yeah, um, I was picking up on some hints that yeah. maybe some people involved in this are on fire right now. And it swepted over the floor to Kelly, and it was about to hit her, but she put art her shield, and the bald hit the shield instead. And the shield was smashed into hud and red of toony pieces. My father's shield! Scream, cried Kells, and began to cry tears stream down her armor and onto the floor. How dare you, foul monster! That was my father's shield, now you pay for it! She screamed and pulled out her blald of Caesar and leapt into the air. The power of the Caesar gift her holy golden avenger wings, and she flew onto the Balrig's head and swung back her sword hard into the Balrig's face. <laughs> the Balrog. How do that? I have the magic blade of Caesar, said Kells, and she drive the sword into Balrog's skull, and he tried to use fire whip to throw Kelly off, but she flew out with her magic wings, and then Balrog fell down in the floor, and he blooded Fireblood, and then he died. So again, following like the basic story beats of she has to experience a loss or get yeah. like, really mad or sad, and then her power comes out. Right, I was I was going to mention that as well, that she has a major setback, like, uh, the shield is an important item that she acquires at the beginning of the story, it belongs to her father, so it's not just important for her journey, it's also sentimental, and when she loses that, that's a big moment for her, and it's, it's playing that story beat, like, 100% by the book, classic storytelling. Yeah. Uh, kinda love it, it's really charming. Yeah. It's like seeing a frog on a lily pad. <laughs> it's right. like, like, that's right, that's exactly how it's meant to be. Chapter 9, Power of the Goddess. After Balrig had been the Kyld, Kells and <laughs> Detracula and Shrek went back to Tutankhamun's temple for getting the gold from him. Hello, Tutankhamu. We have saved your mind from Tabalrogs. Can we get the gold in now, please? And so Tutankhamun did give them the gold. He took them into Tempel, and it was made of stone, and so they went in a swell. In Sid, there was some hieroglyphs of the Caesar being saved by a girl, and a vampire, and green oegger, and an ancient priest. Oh, these and are the... like colorized hieroglyphics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very detailed. Damn. Okay, yeah. And the girl looked like Kelly, and the vampire was Dracul and the ogre <laughs> it was Shrek, and the priest looked like Twantan Kadham. I think you could have told them about this all before. Yeah, also very <laughs> this detailed. This is like very direct and explicit, yeah. How detailed are these hieroglyphs that they can actually recognize like distinct features? It's not just like, hey, that hieroglyph like resembles an ogre or a girl. Yeah, um, yeah like, like I'm not an expert, but they're, they're pretty stylized generally. <laughs> That's like the thing about them. Um, that's, I think that's I, great. I love I, this. <laughs> I think they're not hieroglyphs. I think it's referring to artwork, but still. <laughs> yeah. Look, a ancient porpoisey. I must come to save the Caesar. Okay, mentioned Kelly. And so then Tutankhamun said thanks. And so they did set off. What is he thanking them for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they should be thanking him. I think he's really um, rounding out their, their party because... Um, they don't have spellcaster as, yet. Right, as the priest, like, um, he probably knows some healing spells. Um, he can probably buff uh, the rest of them um, in battle. So this will be really helpful. Yeah, I assume that Kelly's like a paladin and Dracula is more like a rogue. So um, I would assume because um, he can turn into a bat, right? So that's very good for stealthing in and out of combat. Uh-huh. That's that's how I would spec him anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, Shrek 
is like oh he's he's a tank yeah he's definitely some, a tank. some sort he's definitely melee but they, they they're really lacking in like um ranged so so the spell casting is really gonna help right um and i think they they really need um healing and someone who can buff the rest of the party mm-hmm. uh so this is this is really going to help with their balancing anyway I am make a protel with my ancient magic. Oh, see, he can do like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't have anyone who could do this before. Yeah, I am make a protel with my ancient magic. Said Taten Kansom, and so he did make it. And they step her through the portal and into a jungle for the rare herb for saving Caesar. It was lots of tree in jungle and green leaves and frog and monkey. Just, just one, <laughs> one of each. <laughs> One of each, yeah. Sudan, a man who was alike a praying mantis, jumped on from the brancus and landed in front of Kelly. Oh no, she screeched, it is a mantis person, and she pulled her sword of Caesar <laughs> from her pocket. Oh my god, <laughs> they've escaped from Aperture Science. It was in her pocket? <laughs> okay, her sword was in her pocket. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by the mantis men. Of course you did. Shut, shut up. I don't know what that even means. And then she glowed white gold and her eyes were hent on fire and her sword were hent on fire. And she grew <laughs> the whole Avenger wings like a power and swung her sword hard onto the mantis man. He was Ebville. Wait a minute. <laughs> her hair turned white and her eyes started flaming. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, so I was like, what the hell did he do? He didn't do anything, but I'm glad the end of that sentence clarifies that he was Ebville. <laughs> yes. And then she spoke, but it was not her voice. It was the voice of the goddess Athenia. Cesare <laughs> put my power into his magic sword in case he was I ever disappeared. I think she'd be using the Greek name. <laughs> She's Roman. This is ancient Grome. That's right. Cesare put me power in his magic sword in case he was ever disappeared. My power has been growing in the sword, and now I am one with Kelly. We will save the Sacer together. And then the fire went off, and she was back oh to her god, normal Oh my god, she has like a again. cool magical alter ego now. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and wait. Great, I love this trope. <laughs> And then a bunch more Natus people did come, and some Spider-Men, and then they said, Haha, we are the army of insectos. There are <laughs> all bever ten who of us. We can destroy you. And then they soft-gated. The, the writing is really deteriorating here. <laughs> it's like word salad. And then they soft-gated the insectus arm. Dracula pulled his sword and cutted the mantis seed in the head and he bleated green blord all over the floor and two ten summon a sandstorm and whirling sand hitted Siom spider popal in the face and then they were died. <laughs> this is a great fight scene. But there was ooh many of them, and then a master insector came. He had lowered red armor and a saber sword that was over eight feet long and a lot spikes, and then Kelly put her magic sword of avenging Athena power and spooked in the voice of a- Anetha, I will challenge you, master insector, and I will win. You cannot spot me. I am victor in many battles. I will fight you. And so he leapted down. And the battle stared. I thought the battle had already started. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's great news. Chapter 10. Old Woman's Porphysy. In the battle, Athena Kelly did a sword swing and struck the Mantis Lord in face. And he did a saber slash and hitted Athenae Kells. And she bleated, Argash, he cried. 
and then it began to rain light onto the battlefield, and holy power blinded the Mantis Lord, and then it was a spleosion of light and magic, and Athena Kelly's eyes glow golden and white, and then she shouted, You cannot degeat a goddess, pathetic Mantis Man, and a blot of holy light hitted the Mantis Lord, and he burred up, and aces skater on the floor, and the wind <laughs> blew them away. See what I mean about the writing? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah the spelling is getting worse i think it gets better in parts two and three but here it's getting worse yeah well you know fight scenes are hard <laughs> they're so hard that you forget how to spell and type mm -hmm. and then the holy power blew up all the insect army and there was nothing left like all of that was one sentence mm -hmm. woohoo we have done w the battle said dragkula happily you know i don't really picture dracula as someone who says woohoo but who knows <laughs> he's in a really good mood <laughs> i mean he's he just, didn't he's do loving much. life right now <laughs> yeah and then tutankhamun saw the rare herb on the floor so he picked it and menchiawand look i have got the skirit herb for the magic spell how did she know which one yeah. was supposed to <laughs> You know, I mean, again, she did just ask for a rare herb. Um, right, I guess maybe it could just be anything. Yeah. <laughs> it could be whatever. And so it was Tim for them to go back to the woman hut for the spell. <laughs> the woman hut. Mm -hmm. So they did it. The old woman did the magic spell, and then she said, Oh no, the Caesar has bisson capture by sworn and mortar, <laughs> and the army of orc... <laughs> Oh, I guess so this is um this is where the like Lord of the Rings crossover comes in. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And he was working with Godzilla to <laughs> capture him as well. He was working with Godzilla. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah, business, they're in cahoots. They're business partners. They're business um, partners. That's really like I know it's not a super uncommon thing in fan fiction, especially like bad crossover fan fiction, to just have kind of a bunch of different um antagonists from different media uh, teaming up, but it's kind of never not funny. Yeah. It's like, these characters would not work together. <laughs> I don't God I don't think Godzilla, like, does teamwork. I don't think he's a teamwork guy. <laughs> um, and it's been a long time since I read uh, Lord of the Rings, but I think, I think Sauron is like, he's got his own thing going on, and he doesn't really need to bring anyone else into it. Mm -hmm. Um... I, I just don't see the two of them collabing, but <laughs> happy for them, I guess. Okay, Whisper Kells, and so they went into Leaf Hut, but <laughs> all these huts we're learning about in this chapter. We have there's Woman Hut, woman hut Leaf, leaf hut. hut, the other genders. Not sure there's any others, actually. Yeah, those are the two genders. <laughs> yep. Woman, Leaf. But then Woman's eyes turned red, and she spoke in a drac voice. Ha ha ha. I am the Hades, the evil god. I work for Sauron. I have possessed the old woman. Did, did you think I would let you go a life? Aha! And then the woman trend into Hades, and he was like a massive skeleton with blue fire around, <laughs> and also black eye and a bog spirit crown. <laughs> Sounds Undertale. <laughs> I'm glad it's not Hades from the Disney movie, though. It's just, like, this author's personal interpretation of what, like, the god would look like. <laughs> I was so prepared to be making a joke about um, Hades from the, the game Hades uh, here, but instead um, I made an Undertale joke. So uh, that's where we are. It's uh, it's 2023. Uh-huh. Um, 
you're talking about Portal. You're talking about <laughs> um, Undertale. There were you're Mantis Men. Hades, and but uh, no, I'm the cringe one for talking about Baldur's Gate three, a game that just came out and it says has been trending for a month. Yeah, I'm the embarrassing one. Anyway, go on. <laughs> when did I say you were embarrassing? <laughs> You didn't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, let's just continue with the fanfic. <laughs> Quick run. I will stop the Hades, said Shirk. And so Darkula and Tutankhamun and Kells did run on outside. And meanwhile, Shirk fighted the Hades. The Hades spawn a massive horrid of skeleton and zombie and spirit. And they carthed at Shirk and Donkey. <laughs> they they did what? <laughs> and the cat. Oh, I forgot the cat was even there. I didn't think the cat was still here. <laughs> I thought the cat left. I guess he's like a, a temporary um follower. Yeah, he has right? a name. It's Puss in Boots. Right, but he's like, um he's joined the party for now, temporarily, mm. right? Um, well, keep reading. And then they sacrificed themselves. For save Kelly and the rest. <laughs> Wait, so Shrek and Donkey and um, Puss in Boots all just died. Yeah, they died. Okay. Wow. Um, Unfortunately, they're not at a high enough level to have revivify, so they're just going to stay dead forever. We must Evanagit, yellowed Dracula, but Kelly said, no, we must get to Mjordor. Shirk will be rememberer well. And so they did go on the way to Mordor. This is a huge blow in their party, honestly. I'm not sure Kelly can tank all of the uh, enemies by herself. No, I don't think so. She's got um, a squishy Rogan she, spellcaster with her. Um, she doesn't have her yeah, she shield doesn't have anymore, her sh- her shield so anymore. she doesn't have the bonus for um, her armor like, class two-handed. is lower. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she can just like kill everyone before they kill her. She's got the Athena powers now. Yeah, I don't know. Does does she um is she gonna get the highest initiative roll though? I guess we don't know how her stats are distributed. Yeah, paladins can do go a lot of different ways. Anyway, um, right, right. So two things I want to point out. Um, first of all, I like how when we get uh, the original like quest to find these uh, rare ingredients for a simple scrying spell, it's like it's like suspicious. I mean, like before I even like knew that the twist was absolutely coming, um, I thought, hey, this is kind of sp- suspicious. But I expected it to be like, okay, th- they're they're just being sent on a wild goose chase to like several like dangerous uh, locations where um, Hades hopes that they will get killed. But instead, it's like the woman is genuinely just like completely in control of herself until the last moment. So yeah. the, it's like not set up, but it but it's a the same twist anyway. Right. It, but it is definitely foreshadowed early on. I mean, like the way the the way that scene is initially described, and I think you pointed this out on the last episode, like even though it's very clumsy, um, you get what it's going for and it is um sinister. The way the hut is described with like the shadows on the walls. Um, like, it's clearly meant to be spooky. Uh, you're meant to be suspicious. I mean, it it does turn out that she's being possessed by Hades, but you would think that when she got back, Hades would reveal himself instead of, like, giving them the location of her father and then being like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think at first when um, they return... And the woman's actually keeping up her end of the deal. You're like, oh, I guess it was a fake out. Yeah. And then it's not. Yeah. 
it's like a, a double fake out. Yeah, it's like a fucking goosebumps twist. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like the first the first twist isn't enough, so then there's another one. I'm making really all the timely references now. <laughs> fucking goosebumps. What year is it? I mean, these are relevant to us and our interests, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, the second thing I wanted to point out was uh, I like uh, Dracula's character growth. Like, at first, he doesn't trust uh, the ogres. Um, you know, clearly he has, like, a history with them. He's uh, he's battled with Bone Cruncher for, like, hun- uh, hundreds of years, I guess. They were arch enemies, apparently. And so he's, like, not trusted ogres. Um, and he calls uh, Shrek scum, but then after he helps him, he's like, I was wrong to not trust. And then at the end, he's like, he's the one who points out we need to avenge them. So I yeah. really like his character development. Yeah, that's that's a good point, uh, that he, he totally comes around on Shrek by the end. Chapter 11, Avengers at Mordor. On the way to Mordor, it was Drac and the sky was lightningy and fire expulsion on the ground as well. There was many Seckletons on the ground. Look, it's a warning, said Tuten Skarman. But we must rescue Caesar, said Kelly. They walked for Dias, because Mordoer is a big place, and eventually they came to the Balk Gates, what guarded Swaron's tower. Uh, refraining from making a one does not simply walk into Mordor joke, but anyway. I, I mean, I think everyone's just thinking it anyway, so yeah. you, know, you might as well. They were very big gates and made from iron and human skull and bone, and there was not a way in. On the top of gates, there <laughs> right, was... <laughs> you can't simply walk in. <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> On the top of gates, there was inedible hulks. <laughs> I wouldn't have assumed that they were edible, but uh, glad for the clarification. Um, from the Avengers movie, and also there was the Thor. <laughs> He's inedible in the movie? <laughs> I guess. I didn't know this lore. The MCU's gotten kind of weird when I stopped looking. They had been turned evil by Swaron, and they oh. stood next to Levar. Look, that lever must open the bulk gates for Mordor, said Dracula. Yes, agreed Kells, but first we must kill the Hulks and Thyre. Okay, relied Tuten Skahman. And so Kelly did her magic power that gift her the Avenger wings, form Athenian, and Dracula turned into a bat and flied up, and Tuten Skahman did a spell, and the spell <laughs> made him levitate off the ground. Then all landed on the castle walls and went to the fighter, the Hulks, and Thor. Look, endeavors! They have come to kill Swaron and rescue the Caesars, shouted the Hulks, and so they did do a war. Thirty Hulks carved a Tutan scan, and he did a spell, and some Agpitian skeletons that were good did arisen from the ground for helping him. This is the fight scene of all time. I just want to say that, like, the inclusion of superheroes in this narrative, like, suddenly makes the whole thing read like a Silver Age comic to me, and that's... <laughs> That's just beautiful. 41 hulks. I I like how specific that is. 41 (laughs) hulks attacked Dracula and he pulled out his sword and smack said the hulks hard. Thor went against Athenia Kelly and he got his hammer and did a lightning strike and Kells dodge and she did a shoot from the bow and arrow. But the Thor did a smash and knock arrow from the air. This is really bad for Dracula. I mean, he's a vampire. So one of the main ways that he can attack is by eating things. And these guys, they're inedible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he can't use Vampire Bite on them. You 
might have power of Athenia, but I am also a god. You have meted your match, rared Thor, and he grew the wings as well. And then they had battle between gods in the sky over Mordor, and it was epic! Frist, Thor did a lightning blast, but Athena Kelly duck, and then his helmet flowed off his head, and underneath grew the evil skeleton, and it had wings made of bones. I, I think you would notice that, um, like, before he took his helmet off, unless the wings are, like, <laughs> on the skull. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. And Thor said, look, Sauron has given me drag power to use. I have twice as much power as you. And the skeleton did a skeleton that? shoot. Do they have like, are there stats like displaying on the screen? I guess they, they've both used inspect on each other. And the skeleton did a skeleton shoot and it bounced off Athena Kelly armor. Then Athena Kelly turned into a massive golden angel with gold wings and a flaming armors and sword with fire coming off of the weapon. And she said, I have the power of good evil will not win. And then Thor Luaved, ha ha ha. <laughs> and he did a dark spell and the whole gate started to explode and dark fire rains down and blood and skulls and a massive seckleton appears. You know, you don't often see the phrase started to explode because <laughs> explosions are fast. Yeah. So <laughs> it just started. There's generally no point to saying something started to explode roar it roared and thor said look my ultimate spell you will never survive <laughs> oh no he's gonna use his ult he can only use this once a day an angel athenia kelly said yes i will and so <laughs> good comeback <laughs> yeah and so she flew down and striked it hard with holy fool may sword and it roared in anerger and slash at angel athenia kelly with its claws and did a skellion breath make from <laughs> blood and dead body as because it was poisonous wait is this poison damage or necro damage both oh okay but the fire burned it all up oh okay <laughs> And then she did a glare and a beam of magical blaze fire shoot it from her eyes and burn the skeletons and all the hulks and even the Thor. And then he was dead. So they went into Mordor. Okay. Next chapter. <laughs> Maybe you had to be there mm -hmm. for it to make sense. In Mordor, they could... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I nearly forgot the name of the chapter. And that would have been a tragedy because... <laughs> This chapter is called <laughs> Evil Chess, <laughs> which, like, please remind me, if I ever start a band, it has to be named that. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you. In Mortar, they could see Swaron Drak Tower with his red flame eye on top of, like, an evil lighthouse or something. <laughs> what do you mean, or something? You're the one telling the story. <laughs> You know, it's like an evil lighthouse or something. <laughs> there was Aslo, a Watsu land made of dark rocks and evil red lava. <laughs> but the lava's evil. Yeah, the la lava has like a moral alignment. <laughs> evil. And on Wasteland was over a thousand orcs. How can we every defeat this orcs, said Kells. Hmm, maybe we can chalanag Soren to a contest. <laughs> Relay Dracula. <laughs> What sort of contest? <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna do a singing competition scene. You, you literally- I mean, the chapter title is is Evil Chess, so I think it would be kind of obvious. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to, like, stop thinking about Evil Chess in order to read this chapter, or I'd focus on nothing else. Yeah. Um, 
but I just I just got there and I was like, oh my god, it's going to be another singing contest scene. Can you imagine? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're they're gonna play evil chess. Yes, that is a good idea. Mention Tutu and Kahem. It's and it's so getting got... <laughs> like further off from. It's different every single time. Yeah. Yes, that is a good idea. Mention Tetuin Kaham. And so they got White Flag for shooing Oif Peace and wailed in to Swaran Tower. And Sid lived Moth of Swaran. <laughs> he did the talking for Swayron. And he said, Why have you come? That's in all caps. I am here for Chalaneg Soren to a contest. What contest? And then Dracula said, We let Soren chose it. <laughs> Not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That sounds like a very bad idea, actually. And so, <laughs> Month of Sauron said, Yes, we will play evil chess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, said Kelly. <laughs> and so they went out to evil chess board. <laughs> it was like normal chessy. <laughs> but the pieces were captured slaves of Sauron. <laughs> Oh, that is evil. I was going to ask what the rules are. Yeah. But, wow. And Kelly King was the Caesar. That's actually a really cool reveal. Yeah. If you lose, we will kill the Caesar, roared Mouth of Oron. And so the chess match start. Wow, this is, <laughs> this is really twisted. <laughs> They're playing evil chess. Tutankhamun. And Dracula helped Kells versus Mouth of Swaran. Soon it looked like she was going to lose, but then instead she won. Oh, thanks. I was really worried for a minute there. <laughs> I like how we just skip past the entire scene. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it can't be like that interesting to read someone telling how a chess game goes. Um, I don't know. This would be like a whole episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I guess it's a little more visual, but whatever. Yeah. Hooray, said Kelly. Now give me back farther. Ha ha ha. It swa a trick. I will never let him go. Attack my orcs. <laughs> and so all 1,000 orcs and even more orcs, maybe 100,000 orcs attacked as well. It's a big difference between 1,000 yeah. and 100,000. <laughs> But again, it's like a kid describing something. It's like, oh, there was, was a lot, like a thousand or, or ten thousand or maybe even a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that <laughs> Evil Chess didn't have fair rules after all. Yeah. <laughs> That's couldn't, so twisted. Couldn't have seen this coming. Um, <laughs> Dracula, your idea kind of sucked, to be honest. <laughs> this idea was really dumb. So Kelly jumps down and cutted the Caesar free. But the army was here. It also had Godzilla... Then Hades, month of Sauron. That's my favorite. Edward Kulin. <laughs> yeah. Edward Kulin from Twilight, who had joined the army, and lots more. The good side had Kelly, and Elkis, and Dracukala, and Tutankhamun, and the Caesar, and they were massive outbeaten. <laughs> okay, you have to set up on them and cheese it. Yeah. Like, save scum if you have to. Um, yeah. But you want to get yourself, like, stealth first, get to the high ground. Maybe buff the party and then initiate combat, uh, so you get uh, advantage on your first turn. Anyway, but we skill fight here anywhere, showed Kelly, and so they carged into the battle. All right, they are massively outbeaten. It looks like the odds are <laughs> I against can't them. Believe that they got double crossed playing evil chess, but also I think it's so funny how it's like 
We're gonna play evil chess. <laughs> okay. And then they just skip past the entire scene. Yeah. That was a very short chapter. It was only, yeah. like, longer because you were laughing so much, but it was a yeah. very short paragraph. Sorry, I just love evil chess. Chapter 13, Swaron's Army. The Dark Army did start to fight. It was Godzilla, Hayeds, Edward, Cullum, Muth of Siren, Orc, and a big black hydra with 10,000 heads, and it breathed fire. I don't think that's a hydra. Hydra typically has three heads. <laughs> this one's uh, kind of like an overachiever. <laughs> Kelly pulls out her magic goddess blade and turned on Aspet of Athenia. And oh, she... do you have to like toggle that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was powerful, and she fighting the Hydra. Elkis battled. Use a bonus action to turn on the aspect of Athena. Elkis battled Dward Cullum, and he stabbed him with his ghost antler, and he tried to hit back, but Elgis, a ghost, he could not be hit at all. Nope. So Edward turned into a bat. Darkula went to fight Muth of Sartan, and he pulled out his vampire blood drain sword and mouth equip his oh, black sword of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> And they started to sword fight in front of the gates. Tutanchakim <laughs> went versus the Hadse, and Hades summoned the Underworld, and it was lots of Skeleotin. <laughs> Wait, the whole Underworld? Yeah, the entire Underworld. Oh my god. And it was lots of Skeleotin and Ghost and Reapers and Souls and Zamobi, and they went at Tutanchakim horribly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> They were just he died really, badly. <laughs> really bad at it. <laughs> he did a sand wave and it killed some of the monster, but others were still attacking. The Caesar had fights the orc army and did a slash and it hitted some orcs and then his sword fired thunder blots of God, Zeus at them, and it zapped much orcs. The good team. If his was sword is fire red, is his shield leaf green? Sorry, I'm bringing all the relevant and topical jokes this episode. <laughs> the good team was winning, but then down from Mount Mordor comes the Dark Lord himself. It was Swaron, Lord of Doom, and he had a massive hammer and an orb in other hand and a crowd mad kid from human bone and skull and his eye glow horribly red and like a blood and it was the worst thing ever. Oh no. Kelly eventually killed the Hudra with Athenia powers, but it was cabsorbed into Sueron's blood orb, and he laughed loud. Ha ha ha, I have the soul orb that steals the souls and you do not have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he Aslo absorbs the Eber Cullen soul and Orc souls, and then he recombined with Mount of Sueron into one thing. Hades, you are my most powerful ally. You can stop them. And so the Hades <laughs> called Cerberus a maze of dog. <laughs> well, he is. So that's not an inaccurate thing to call him. On fire with three heads. And he also called the Death and the Grim Reaper as well. So wait. Two are, different people. <laughs> are Death and Grim Reaper two different people? Wait. No, there's Hades and Death and the Grim Reaper. <laughs> They're all different people? Or is it like a holy trinity kind of thing? <laughs> No, they're in a polycule. What's not clicking? <laughs> if you fail, I will absorb your souls, warned Suron. I will not fail you, my master, relude Hades. And then they attacks. Suddenly, Mont Mondor bursted open and out of the mountain came Turkaluas, and he was fly a pegasus, and he said, Where's the Hydra? I was trying to kill it for my task. <laughs> 
Hello, Hercules, we killed it, sorry, replied Kells. But look, it is Sauron and we need help. He has the soul orb and bone crown and magic death mace. Can you help? Okay, said the Hercules. And so he joined them to fight Swaron. So, final chapter, chapter 14, the final one, or is it? It was the battle versus the Swaron and his Drac army. And so it did begin. Severos and Hades and the Death and Grime Reaper charked into the good team and Swaron did a shadow grab spell and grabs the Caesar heart and puts him onto a dark altar. It was made of skull of Prevost victims of Swaron. Ha ha ha. I will take his soul and burn the Asian, the entire planet, except form Mordor, and then I will be ruler, said Sauron. I think Mordor is like already on fire, <laughs> isn't it? From my recollection, yeah. I mean, I haven't read Lord of the Rings in over a decade. Um, like, God, I think I read those books when I was like a preteen, so uh -huh. considerably over a decade. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like in a, on a volcano or some shit. I don't know. Um, I think I think things are already on fire. I think it's just like the evil volcano level that they went to earlier. I also, I don't really know what's the point of him ruling the whole planet if he's going to destroy it yeah. first. One of those plans that doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think it through. But Kelly attacked the Cerberus with her magic Vegner powers and cut off the threadheads, and it was defeated. Tutankhamun tries to do a spell versus the death, but then he did a spirit blast, and hiotted Tutant Shaman hard, and then Swearin Magics grew strengther and strengther, and oh no, the Caesar was going to be kills. It started to rain down fire and roiks and shadows and lava and skulls and dead bodies and blood and drek magics, and the end of the world had started. Quickly defeat the armies of darkness so we can stop Swearin, yelled Kells. And so Elkis carged into the Graham Raper and did a horn slice, and it kills the Reaper. Draxokla did a hit on Hades, and he was hit, and he bleated black shadow blood all over Dracolac's sword, <laughs> and then his sword melted. So he punched Hades in the face hard, and Hades fell down dead. Scavman did a shield spell against the ranging fire and blood and stuff, and then he did a sand lighting spell. <laughs> And it zapped the death very strongly, and the death was killed. The yeah, yeah, you read that huh? right? Huh? Huh? You can just whack death on the head. But if they, I I don't feel like you can just do that. But they can right. do whatever they want. Okay. But the spell of Sauron was nearly done. What would happen? This is what happens. Then <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> then Kells got the wings and fled to Sauron and Dracacola, and Elkis, and Herculeus, and Tutankhamun, and came, and they all said, We will not let you destroy the world. We are the good. And so Dracolka stricked him hard with his sword. Ha ha ha, I cannot be harmed with my magic spells, leoughed Sauron, and he swung his mace down and hit an Elkis, and he was dissipated into mist. No! Oh, no. Elkis, Kelly sobsed. Actually, did not see that one coming. Keep reading, keep reading. And then she glowed with orange golden fire, and she got the angel form and spoke in Athena voice. This time you have gone too far. Jesus I will Christ, kill superstar. You. We're right now. <laughs> and so she lanced Sauron right in the heart, and he fell down, and he screamed. 
But how do you have the power? I am Athena Kelly. I have the power, replied Kells. And then she turns back into a normal form and untied the Caesar. And then his soul orb breaked into 1,000 peckies. And the soul of Elkus was relived again. Yay! <laughs> oh. I was so worried. <laughs> Elkus, my friend, shouted Kelly. And she went to hug him. We have defeated the Saroon and rescued my father. We have done the quest, she cheered. And so they all went back to Roman for a party. But then Swearin's head was still alive and he said, Ha ha ha, those fools. I am not really dead. I will destroy them all. Ha ha ha. <laughs> the ends. <laughs> it was like the post-credits stinger. Just like a big clap. I, I have nothing else to say. That was a perfect climax. Um, I... I just have nothing to add to that. <laughs> That's uh, really uh, quite the story. We're not done yet, though. We still have no, two more parts not. left. We're not. There's uh, there's two more parts left to this one. And um, I know that even though I really did not remember hardly anything from it, um, we did not read the other two at all, right? We just read this one I, together. I, I've read them, but I don't think you have. Right, exactly. Like, you never showed me the other two. I think I actually did show you the second one, but maybe it might have been a long time. But oh, It's definitely been a long time, but I don't think, um, I don't think you showed me beyond the first one. I could be wrong. Um, Either way, I mean, you don't Obviously, things are not, uh, not fully resolved yet. Yeah. Um, Swayron's head is still alive. Mm-hmm. The next part is called Kelly the Roman Warrior Part 2, The Plagues of Gaul, and we will uh, cover that next week. Uh, but for now, do you want to have a little break and then come back and read another one of uh, King Arthur's stories? This one's a little shorter. Yeah, of course. Um, we'll catch you after the break. Right, and we're back. We're back. So you wanted to read uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Romans, which is a... <laughs> Don't uh, put this on me. I think we both suggested this. <laughs> I know you wanted to read this one, too. Um, <laughs> well, yes, we both wanted to read it, but... Yeah. So this is a, uh, a three-chapter story that was posted by King Arthur on uh, April 12th, 2012, and uh, updated October 21st, 2013. I, I don't remember if this is finished. I don't think it is. But anyway, I am uh, still sick and am losing my voice. So would you do us the honors of reading it? Oh, oh, okay. You want me to read it? All right. Yeah. Um, okay, so chapter one is called The Pyramid of Time. Can you read the description first? Oh, sure. The description is... Yu-Gi-Oh! goes back in time to Roman time, and he must defeat Julius Caesar in a card game battle. I choose to believe that this is in the same canon as Kelly the Roman Warrior, so this should give us a little bit of insight into uh, what kind of person uh, Caesar is. Well, I mean, actually, um, I don't think in Kelly the Roman Warrior it's specified if it was Julius Caesar or, like, a different Caesar, but, you know, I'm choosing to believe it's the same guy. Oh, um, you think it's the same Caesar? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um... Yeah, I hadn't considered that. I had just been presuming that um, when Kelly's referring to her dad, she's thinking of uh, Caesar Augustus. 
but that's only because I looked up who was the Caesar uh, 2,000 years ago. I mean, I guess so, but I don't know if King Arthur knows that there are different Caesars. That's true. That's true. So... (laughs) Anyway, um... So this is chapter one, The Pyramid of Time. Um, and it says, Note, this Tim, I tried to put Capteal Letter in the right places, hope it is better. Also, I maked up my own card for this story. Okay. That's exciting news. Yu-Gi-Oh! was citing in a card game. <laughs> Sorry. So I just want to point out, his name is not <laughs> His Yu-Gi-Oh. name is not Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> his name is not Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japanese means uh, King of Games. Yeah. Um, and that's the title that he obtains uh, in uh like the f- first season of uh, Duel Monsters, mm-hmm. and it's also like you know the the name of the show because it's about games. Um, no, his name is just Yugi. His name is just Game. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, the protagonist of Yu-Gi-Oh is a uh, how old is he? I think he's sixteen, and his name is Yugi. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, y- mm-hmm. Yugi, Yugi Muto, which uh, Yugi does mean game. Um, yes. And he has an alter ego, like a second soul that's in his body, who is the spirit of an ancient pharaoh. Um, and for most of the series, we don't know what his name is. He does have an actual name that we find out in the final season. A, a lot of people, like, just refer to him as Dark Yugi um, or mm-hmm. Yami Yugi. That's not, like, actually his name. Um, in the show, he's called, uh, Yugi just calls him, like, the other me, uh, Mohotori Noboku. In, in the mm-hmm. English dub, they call him uh, Spirit, Pharaoh, whatever. But his name is not Yu-Gi-Oh. He's never <laughs> called Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> no, his name is Yu-Gi-Oh now. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! was citing in a card tournament with his friends. He was about to win the card game by summon the ult- ultimate <laughs> blue-eyed white dragon. Not one of his cards. <laughs> yeah. He does not have that card. I'm glad you're here providing the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! lore, because I, I don't know You anything. know this. You know this. We watched season zero. There were only- the Season uh, zero doesn't teach you anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't paying attention to the story at all when we were watching season zero you were more more of a listener (laughs) shut the fuck up no (laughs) fine um (laughs) i mean season zero doesn't teach you anything about the card game because the card game is like barely in it they just do whatever every episode yeah but then his pyramid amulet did a shining and then Yu-Gi-Oh said, what happening to me? And then a magic portal opened into space and y- <laughs> Yugohi <laughs> fell through it. <laughs> well, at least the capital letters are in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> he fell down and landed on his head and bashed it and then he was knocked out. After a few hours, he woke up and he was in dark room with some torches and some pillar. And then a man opened the door. He was dressed in robes and he said, what is this man? Guards, take him to the dungeon. <laughs> And so some guard came in, and the guard took Yu-Gi-Oh to the nasty dungeon. To be fair, I if I saw um, Yugi, I would say, "What is this man?" <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, he's like three feet tall for no reason. What's going on with that hair? Yeah, he does also get like beat up every episode, at least in season zero. So I think this is just kind of in line with that. Like you got to throw him in the dungeon or something. Yeah, I'm not sure it's it's in line with the dual monsters though, which is what this is based on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took him to the nasty dungeon. <laughs> I wonder if there's like multiple dungeons and this is <laughs> specifically the nasty one. Guards, take this man to a scary room. Yeah. <laughs> 
take this creature to a nasty dungeon. In the morning, a guard came and brought him some bread and cheese and also some water. And then he said, I must take you to meat. <laughs> Spelled M-E-A-T. Julius Caesar. He will know what for do. And then Yu-Gi-Oh realized it was the Roman time. <laughs> I guess that would be a tip-off, yeah. Yeah. He was put into a chains and brought it to the palace with Julius Caesar sitting in a chair with many guards all around him. Hello, Julius. I am Yu-Gi-Oh from present Tim. Please, can I go back? He doesn't know what present time means. <laughs> yeah. From Caesar's perspective, this is the present time. Yeah. Also, he's from ancient Egypt. So, you know, I think it would be cool if, like, he goes back in time. Well, I, and I don't think it's Caesar. Yami talking right now. Well, I, I, I was just saying that, like, I think it would be cool if it was Yami talking. And then oh. he was like, hey, I, I'm from ancient Egypt. I know of you. I, I, I know of Julius Caesar because we've had interactions with Rome. I don't know. That uh, might be a cool okay. way to take this. Yeah. But nope. And then Caesar said, you can go back only if you can defeat me in Duel of the Cards. Okay, mentioned Julius Caesar. We duel tomorrow morning. Wait, is he talking to himself? Um, <laughs> I guess. Caesar and Julius Caesar are different people, I guess. Also, it's cool that they had, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was gonna be like, oh, it's, it's so convenient that they have, um, Dual monsters in ancient Rome, but I mean, in the show that game dates back to ancient Egypt, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Uh, yeah, okay. I think the rules maybe shifted over time or something, though. Yeah, um, from what we see in the anime, um, the cars were like the size of like gigantic pillars, which you know seems really inconvenient. Um, <laughs> but you know, how's Yugi gonna get up there? He's three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. He's five feet, but they constantly draw him like he's three feet, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chapter two, Duel with Caesar. It was the next morning, and then Yu-Gi-Oh started the duel with Julu- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh started the duel with Jululus Caesar. The only deck he had was a deck of Skeleton cards. So he drew, and then his cards were these. Three Skeleton Warriors. Sorry, the typos are especially bad this time. I'm just dying. But the capital letters are in the right place. Aren't you glad? <laughs> yeah, that that really helps so much. Three Skeleton Warrior for one stars, 500 attack, 500 defense. Two Skeleton Horesman, three stars, 1,110 attack, 800 defense. Master Nurkromancer, four stars, 800 attack, 400 defense. Special ability, when summoning Master Nurkromancer, returns a Skeleton Warrior card from discard to hand, and then a trap card, and it was called Bone Tarp. <laughs> and it did 800 damage to each creature on opponent field. Wait, no, that's not how the game works. You don't do damage <laughs> to a creature. You battle, and then it either dies or it doesn't. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think these star ratings don't make any sense. Why does the three star one? I mean, the 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 one star warrior and the three stars are pretty accurate. But why does the master Nurkomancer have four stars and it has less attack and defense? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Were you expecting this to fit into the meta in a way that? <laughs> I mean, it was until <laughs> the Nurkomancer showed up. Is that the that the card that was made up for the story? <laughs> I guess, yeah. What about Bone Tarp? Well, no, because that's also made up. Because 
dealing damage to specific creatures isn't a thing in this game. <laughs> yeah, okay, so um, there may have been some liberties taken. Um, I also like how we just get to know exactly what's in his hand at the beginning. <laughs> like, from, uh, from the small amount of Yu-Gi-Oh that I have seen, I don't think that's how they normally do it. It's not. Uh, like, for, like, storytelling reasons, you don't show the entire hand at the beginning. <laughs> you want to keep the audience in suspense, like, oh, what card are they going to play next? Yeah. And, I mean, almost always they play the card that they just draw, so... <laughs> yes. Okay, um... So, then Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> His name is being spelled in so many different ways, I can't keep up. So then, Yu-Gi-Oh! summons a skeleton warrior card. Oh, and wait, also... Yeah? You start with five cards in your hand. He starts with three skeleton warriors and two skeleton horsemen, so that's already five. And then he gets more, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you think, like, uh, Julius Caesar plays, like, house rules? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is homebrew. Palace rules. Yeah, palace rules. So then you go here, summons a skeleton warrior card, uh, and put the bone trap face down into trap field. Ha ha ha, Caesar, my card are unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> he summons a one-star monster and then he's like, yeah, I got this. Also, I don't think he's really <laughs> prone to, like, laughing evilly during his, um... No. <laughs> I don't think games. so. We still don't even know if this is yummy or not, so... <laughs> but either way... Either way. I don't feel like this... Whatever. <laughs> ha ha ha, Caesar, my card are unstoppable. I have the magic pyramid... <laughs> Alamet, and I cannot be stopped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's always saying shit like that. Yeah. And then it was Julius Caesar's turn. He played a card called Cyber Roman X, <laughs> and it was four starts, attack 1200, defense 400, and it had a spectacle power of all Roman cards get 100 attack bonus. Then he played a spell with an evil laugh. Ha ha ha, I am the Roman master of Rome. <laughs> Attack my cyber Roman X. <laughs> and then Skeleton Warrior was destroyed. Then it was Yu-Gi-Oh turn. And he drew a card. Skeleton Draken. Seven stars. <laughs> 2300 attack. 1800 defense. Special ability. Sacrifice a skeleton warrior when played, and all other skeleton gets tw uh, 200 attack bonus. It was a power card. Um, you can't summon that. He doesn't have anything to release. He needs a tribute. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out which which of these is the card that was made up, and I'm starting to think it might be all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except Blue Eyes White Dragon. <laughs> I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, like, I wouldn't really know, but uh, I'm calling bullshit on all of these cards. <laughs> Okay, no, that is that is a real card, but it's, um... Attack... It doesn't work like that, though, does it? <laughs> no, its attack is uh, 2,400, and its defense is 2,700, and it has eight stars. So you would need to tribute two monsters. Does it have a special ability? Um, you can special summon this monster if you control a skeleton monster, but he doesn't control a skeleton monster. It was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and he had to he had to sacrifice one to play it apparently, but did, wasn't his skeleton warrior card already destroyed? If it's if you can if you special summon it, you don't need to tribute. But regardless, he didn't have any skeleton warriors on his field, so he wouldn't have been able to special summon it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, they're just doing whatever. So he summoned the other two skeleton warriors and activated his tarp card, 
and it killed the Cyber Roman. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad that that card was introduced dramatically only to die on the same turn. It deals 800 damage to each creature on the opponent's field. You know, I'm going to be generous and assume that means it destroys all monsters with 800 attack. Like, that's how the trap card works. Um, but Cyber Roman X had... 1,200. 1,200 attack. Uh, so unless it was in defense position, which it wasn't because it just attacked, then that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was really bold of this author to try writing, like, a scene where they're playing a card game that, uh, he clearly doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. And also just made up shit for, like... like I am not great at the card game, I will admit this. I play a lot of, of Yu-Gi-Oh! and I'm still not very good at it, and this is just, it doesn't, <laughs> this is not how it works. Yeah, and, uh, like, I think you can write Yu-Gi-Oh! fanfiction without writing a scene where they're having a card battle which is described play-by-play. -play. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> like, like, you, you people... wrote yourself into this one. Yeah. They can just not be doing that. The the play-by-play -play stuff is for advertising trading cards. It's not really yes. <laughs> part of the the the, the story. Okay, yeah, because cause usually if they do have a card battle, like that's that's a like climactic scene. Yeah. It's not it's not the whole story. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Then Yugoa played the skeleton dragon, and then Julius Caesar shaked with fear and the skeleton dragon attacked him with skeleton breath for 2300 damage. Then Julius Caesar had only 1700 life point, but then he summoned two cards, Roman healer, one star, 400 attack, 400 defense, gained 400 life points, a special ability, and also Roman laser paladin, six stars, attack 3000, defense 1200, when Roman Laser Paladin is summoned, each other creature you have gets 400 damage. Why does he have, like, a Laser Paladin and a Cyber Warrior? Like, I thought they were back in time. Why does he have all this futuristic shit? Yeah, I mean, the Cyber stuff, that's a pretty common um, archetype, but I don't think it really fits for <laughs> Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know about that one. Then he attacked the last skeleton warrior, and it was kill. Wait, I don't. I don't even think Yugi played that card. Did he? Because he started with three in his hand, and he played one of them before. And let's say he played he played another one in order to sacrifice to summon that one card. Doesn't he still have one in his hand, not on the table? He summoned the other two skeleton warriors and activated his trap card. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the, then he. The, the, this is harder to follow than the show, by the way. <laughs> this is really difficult to follow. <laughs> also because it's all one paragraph. But I mean, I don't blame you because I don't understand, like, how he was able to summon the other skeleton warriors. Insert Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Did you just summon a bunch of monsters in one turn? That's against the rules, isn't it? Etc. Joke. Um, whatever. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. I guess I missed that because I, I, I thought his turn was over at that point. Um, then he attacked the last skeleton warrior, and it was kill. Not my skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Said Yu-Gi-Oh. That is so like him. He's always saying shit like, not my skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> he draw a card, and it was called Undead Power. Kill all non-skeleton creature if you pay 300 life point. 
Wait, we don't even know how many life points they started with. <laughs> I'm assuming 4,000 4, because it, it says that he only had 1,000 life points left. Um. Okay. Kill all non-skeleton creature if you pay 3,000 life points. Oh, it kind of seems like he could have just used this on the first turn and won. Oh, or I guess did he just draw it? Yeah, he just drew it. <laughs> this is like impossible to follow. <laughs> all right. He draw a card, and it was called Undead Power. Kill all non-skeleton creature if you pay 3,000 life points. So he used it and went to 1,000 life. Okay, so they did have uh, 4,000 to start, um, which would have been good if we were told that at the beginning. But then Skjelton Draken did Skeleton Breath on Julius Caesar again, and he lost all life point. Now you must send me back to real Tim, <laughs> said Yukio proudly. You have to be more specific. <laughs> Is he saying it's not, this he, isn't the real? He doesn't know when the real time is. What do you mean the real time? Like, I know he means the present, but <laughs> real time, like, um, like, like ancient Rome isn't real. It's, it's not a yeah, time ancient, that happened. Ancient, this ancient Rome isn't real. I hate to break it to you. Oh, it's no. fantasy setting. Never ruled Julius Caesar. Now you will be put back into the dungeon. Oh no, he's breaking the rules. He's taking him back to the nasty dungeon. You can't do this. He already agreed to the rules. This is just like evil chess. Uh, this is time for a penalty game. I'm sorry, but <laughs> he didn't agree to the rules. Um, and so he was. He went to sleep in the cold cell and in the morning he would make Paln to escape from the Roman time. All right, one more chapter. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry to be the guy who's only seen season zero here again. But um, so skimming through like the incomprehensible battle, we have the basic setup is that they agree to a match. There are specific conditions. If I win, you will return me to my time. Um, and Caesar goes back on his deal. Is this not the like the gates of darkness have opened part of the story? <laughs> um... First of all, it's the door to darkness. Uh, I'd expect you to know, considering how you were basically just listening to the whole uh, an entire. Oh, sorry of for not zero. looking at the subtitles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the answer is no. It's really only a thing for the first episode that he does that, and then it's basically just um, like people can break the rules and they usually face consequences for it. But it's not like, oh, okay, I'm gonna put you in like torture hell now because. You broke the rules. That's more well, that's of a, a season zero shame. thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, King Arthur, you should you should watch season zero. Um, you you would have come up with some better ideas for the story. Um, chapter three into the catacombs. So then, next morning, Yu-Gi-Oh's awoken in the cell, and he called here a drip, drip, drip noise from the Seal King, and some cold water from the rain last night. He had was dripping onto the floor. It was creepy. <laughs> Damn, that's so creepy. Water is dripping onto the floor. <laughs> this really is a nasty dungeon. Yeah. Soon a guard in Roman armor, <laughs> oh, damn, really, came to bring in some old moldy bread and also a piece of chess. And <laughs> it's an evil chess. And sudden, Yu-Gi-Oh did a thing. He gots out his deck of cards and pulls out the Bone Tarps card, and lightning a humongous claw made of bones risen out of the floor and clutched upon the body of the guard and crushed him to death. Jesus! <laughs> Never mind. 
I guess he does have the dark powers. He was just <laughs> yeah. biding his time. He was just waiting. <laughs> okay. That's a bit extreme, though. Yeah. Um, first of all, not even the guy he has beef with. <laughs> um, second of all, again, uh, only seen season zero. That's a mind break thing. Maybe uh, so he... it would be like he thinks he's been yeah, crushed, he but he actually he's hasn't. Yeah, he thinks he's but he's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just... I mean, it's related in third-person narration as though this actually happened. So I, yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't think he got like mind broken here. Um, not that I'm sure that's actually any better, but you know. Then Yu-Gi-Oh looks through his pockets and tooks out a keys and also a deck of Yu-Gi-Ohs. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Is that a cereal? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Who knows what it is anymore? It, you know, it's strange that the card card game is just named after him. The game is the game is called Duel Monsters. No, I'm sorry. Um, his name is Yu-Gi-Oh, and the card game is also Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you say want to play Yu-Gi-Oh, people understand what you mean, right? Because but... like in in real life, the game is called Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Monsters, but right. in in the show, it's just called Duel Monsters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe be weird if if he was like, "Hey, you want to play my card game, the one that has the same name as me?" Yeah, he didn't invent the card game. It it had existed no. since uh, like ancient Egypt in the mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. It was a deck called Army of Bat, a bat and vampire deck. Okay, you would know. Is is there a bat and vampire deck? Yeah, there's a vampire deck. Excellent. Um, hmm. This will be useful for using versus the bad Romans shoded Ugios. And then he took Bake His Bone Thing card <laughs> and put it into the Skagelton deck. Then he goes through the corridor up to the chamber of the Julian Caesar. And suddenly he cold here Caesar through the stone walls. Ha ha ha, that foolish Yugi man. <laughs> he will be stuck in there for rest off the life. Aha. So he went into sneak mode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, holy shit, he's stealthing? Yeah. And stealth around the ROM, and out of the foreign gates, 20 guards writes to stop him, but he called the spell card Swarm of Bats from his new vampire deck, and it kills all the guards, and then Yugo had escaped. Now I must find my friends or a portal back to the real time, he said. I like how these are uh, presented as, like, two separate choices. Like, either he needs to find his friends in the time that he's currently in, or he needs to find a portal back to them. Like uh, yeah. Also, wait. So, uh, before, um, he made a deal with Caesar that uh, if he wanted cards, then Caesar would send him back to the present. Um but was it established that Caesar could do that? And if so, why did he just kill him? Like, maybe that's your only ticket back to your time. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Romans. Uh, it was last updated on October 21st, 2013. I don't think we're going to be getting any more of this. Um, well, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to follow. Not one of King Arthur's best, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> uh, if we look at the reviews, um, one person says, no, zero out of ten. <laughs> You can't give something 0 out of 10 that defeats the purpose. I'm sorry, are you expecting people on fanfiction.net to be normal? Another person um. just says beautiful, and then um, someone else comments, and it 
the comment was on October 21st, 2013. So <laughs> this person commented like immediately after the story was finished, like mm-hmm. right there with the review. Yep. Um, and it says, wow, that was different. It, it, there's a period after every single like word. Wow, mm-hmm. that was different, but totally good. I like the premise of it all. Hi, you might already know me. My name is Forefire King. I'm not what you say to be an inexperienced writer, but I'm not an experienced one either. <laughs> well, aren't we all? Uh-huh. I wrote 94 stories. Some of them are good, while the others not so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I make a lot of mistakes in the writing process. I was wondering if maybe you can review one of my stories that you think is the best. Also, I'm looking for someone to help me come up with ideas for my OC stories. You can look at my profile and pick which one you'd like to work on. Unless you don't like OC stories. That's cool. Not many people on the site do. But a review to tell me where I went wrong would help. <laughs> Thank you. Have a little more confidence. Thank you. I didn't want to PM this to you because it would look like I'm trying to scam you. Besides, <laughs> what would the scam what? be? Besides, people in this site write better when their stories are ravely reviewed. What? <laughs> but anyway, that was Yu-Gi-Oh and the Romans. Uh, and we have uh, the second part of Kelly the Roman Warrior next week. Are you ready to get to that? Um, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm really excited for that one because, I mean, you cannot predict, um, in which way it goes, but let's just say- I couldn't say... even predict Yu-Gi-Oh and the Romans. <laughs> he killed that guy. <laughs> let's just say that this, this story is capital I important. Um, but anyway- all right, so that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Tumblr at Literary Demerit. We upload new episodes on Fridays. You can find us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks so much to The Birthday Massacre and Metropolis Records for the use of their song Counterpain. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Apple Music. And remember... We don't own anything. All credit to the original owners!